was holding up this recording, I was just tweeting out because I have a very important question. Oh. And I just tweeted out, I need my challenge 34 people to figure something out for me. I feel as oh. if I'm more on Team Jordan than Team Turbo or Team Polly. Is that weird? Anyways, about to record You Killed It with my friend, John Chidley Hill. Tune in. <laughs> I, I feel weird, man. I feel weird. That's how, that's how I'm, I'm going to start this podcast. I feel weird. Oh, well, I was going to start the podcast by asking you how that NBA championship ring felt. <laughs> but... Yo, that was heavy. That was heavy in the streets. It, it, that thing. And so it was... Uh, uh, what John's referencing is if you follow me on social media, which, of course, if you're listening to this podcast, you better follow us on social media, I'd assume. Why not, right? Get our hot takes in between <laughs> each pod. But uh, we had the ringmakers come by our my workplace yesterday and uh, the championship rings because obviously the Toronto Raptors are the world champions. So the ringmakers were by and they had a replica of the ring. Like the actual, like Kyle Lowry championship ring, a replica of it, not the Kyle Lowry's actual one, but the exact same one, just yeah. So I have pictures on my social media accounts with the ring, and let me tell you, that shit is legit. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'll say. That shit is heavy. That like weighed down my fist. I just I needed I needed to start the podcast with that. It's too good not to talk about. And I'm I just John ruined Chidley it. I'm Hill. sorry. I just ruined no, the no. opening. I'm sorry. I apologize. I, <laughs> I still love it. It's still gonna work. It's organic. It's real. I'm John Chidley Hill, <laughs> and I am once again Sheldon Alexander. And this is you killed it V podcast about V challenge. Uh, you asked an interesting question right off the top with uh, your tweet there about being Team Jordan versus Team Turbo versus Team Polly. But first, we got to talk about how we're going to get there. So let's oh, start yeah. from the top. Let's do After it. After last week's elimination, where uh, Theo and Georgia come out triumphant over Kyle and um, Esther. I was going to say, I've already forgotten her name. <laughs> Poor uh, Esther. They call, they call a team meeting, and Theo makes the very fair point that they need to start winning and that Joss and Rogan need to start putting the UK first ahead of Polly and Kara's agenda. And it was so funny, like, I agreed with everything Theo said, but it was mm -hmm. so funny looking at people's faces, like their reactions, because you <laughs> could tell that Kaylee, Rogan, and Joss were just like, being like, I'm just going to let him talk and then do whatever the fuck I want. The funny part to me, and you mentioned Kaylee, that's a that's the funniest part about that conversation to me. Because, like, Kaylee, what other option does she have, right? And it's clearly her best option because it's working for her because she hasn't really said shit. She hasn't really done shit. <laughs> and yet her mouth isn't even, like, she's her name's not even on the chopping block at all. Like, her name barely even comes up in terms of being in trouble. So it's kind of funny you know, to put yourself in her shoes in that situation where you're listening to that speech and it's like, well, what else would she do? Why would she think about doing something else? Yeah, it's the problem for Theo is that this is working for everyone on his team. But his allies. And Georgia. Yeah. 
it's not working for him. It's not working for Georgia. In the long run, it's not going to work for Jenny. But, like, to your point, like, I don't even understand why people would want to keep Kaylee. Yeah. Like, there's Georgia and Jenny are both better competitors. And it's not close. No, it's not but, close. She is now the worst female competitor on the British team, wouldn't you say? For sure. Kaylee, but, that is. But my thing is, too, like, it's not even close. Right. Like you could at least have an argument between, you know, Kara, Cam, Tori, like they're at least I want to say in the same weight class. And what I mean by mm-hmm. like, you know what I'm saying when I say that I don't mean actual they're in the same division. They're in the same conference, let's say. Right. There you go. And, you know, nobody thinks Kaylee would come close against like anyone. She might be the worst female competitor left in the game no? Yeah, I'd say so. So I think that's fair. It's just a weird thing, but also showing the reason why we we love the show at the same time because there's multiple ways to get by in this game. So hey, yeah. can't knock her. Can't knock her too much. Then the next morning, Kara and Tori decide to wrestle <laughs> with Turbo and Polly and Jordan watching on and. They kept doing this slow mo that made me think that one of his one of them was gonna get hurt. Like that's where I yeah. thought that scene was going. <laughs> and then Jordan and Polly wrestle too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Kara sort of describes her relationship with Jordan in that it's non-existent. And she talks about how he's always been able to get under her skin. And both Polly and Jordan confirm that Jordan and Kara dislike each other a great deal. Do we remember and, what that stems from at all? Like, I have a terrible memory, but is there, like, a defining moment from a past season off the top of your head? No, I think it's just their personalities, specifically yeah. Jordan's personality. Like, I think Jordan <laughs> is just a um, abrasive person, which is funny because I gather Kara is also an abrasive person, right? Like, if you think mm-hmm. of the people, the number of people that dislike Kara... Like, it's, like, she's got to take some of the blame, too. Yeah. But it's, like, I see why Jordan rubs people the wrong way, but, like, I can also see how they're just both naturally frustrating people to deal with. Very difficult personalities to deal with, for sure. And you could see why they would butt heads because they're so much alike in certain ways, right? Like, always feeling as if they have something to prove, always feeling like they're kind of slighted but take it in different ways like do you know what i mean like they both always seem they come off as they're angry because they're being slighted but Kara and jordan both go about it in different ways jordan's gonna use bravado and like brag on it whereas Kara sometimes will like cower and like cry about it do you know what i mean but they're both dealing with the same issue yeah i also think that um I mean, you touch on it. They're both very passive-aggressive people. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Rather than, like, aggressive-aggressive people, which is what we'll see later. But, like... <laughs> hmm. Who could you be talking the, about? The Johnny Bananas of this world, like, you know when you have a problem with him. Yeah. But the thing I found funny, too, was Kara says that she thinks Jordan and Tori are jealous and and they want to be the Polly and Kara power couple in the house. Do you see 
Jordan and Tori as being like that? I don't quite see them as being on the same level in terms of like being a power couple. Yeah. Uh, like, I, and to me, it's mainly like you just said that they're in the same division, but I haven't really seen Tori compete to Kara's level yet. Like Tori's never won a challenge like an entire season. That's uh, fair. I mean, the flip side of that is Polly's never won an entire season, whereas Jordan has. Yeah. But the thing, too, is I think that Polly and Kara are definitely like they view themselves like they would be the ones to say something like, oh, we're the power couple. We're the challenges like, you know, we're the face of the challenge, you know, like they would say things like that. But they also do things in the show that go beyond just the athletic merits of the show, if that makes sense. So, yeah. They're so much more focused on just being in the drama, stirring the pot. Yeah, they're concerned with winning challenges and trying to win the game. But to them, there's so much more to it, right? Whether they can create drama or fake fights or stirring the pot or whatever. Where I think Tori and Jordan are more focused on if we're the couple of the challenge or whatever. We want to do that by winning. Like, we want to win challenges. We want to be known as great competitors. The drama side of it, I think, is more Jordan's just bravado and Tori trying to rein that in. <laughs> I don't know. That's yeah. how I read it. But I, I found that a weird comment from Kara because I didn't really view the two couples as being the same. No, or having I the don't same mentality. The same. Definitely not. Another big part of how they're different is that when they're not on the show, Kara mm -hmm. and Polly are still about the show. And still in the drama, yeah, totally true. They're, Good point. They're, you know, faking breaking up, they and getting back together. They are hanging out with other people from the show. They are maybe trolling people about psychological tests. I don't know if you heard about that. That's a whole another thing. To be honest, when they're not on the show, I tune them out. And when they are on the show, I still almost tune them out <laughs> if we're being serious, <laughs> if I'm being totally honest here, John. Well, that's fair. <laughs> Speaking of Tori, though, she's yep. doing laps around the pool. She's running laps around the pool, I guess, after the wrestling match. And as she's running, Dee is also running and really focused on trying to keep pace with Tori. Yeah. And... This sort of plays out where that shortly after she she's doing like 15 burpees after running and they are in Thailand, which is not, you know, a yeah. cool country. Georgia finds D in the bathroom suffering from heat stroke. Yeah. Uh, Georgia, Nani, Ninja, Maddox and producers are attending to D as she like she's vomited all over herself. She's struggling to breathe. It, she's definitely in a panic, too. Like she's clearly scared. Yeah, she um, looked out of it. Like, she was on the ground, and the noises she was making were super weird. And it did seem to be a lot. Uh, one thing I wanted to ask you, John, have you ever had heat stroke before? Yes, I am a translucent Canadian. A translucent Canadian. <laughs> Can you elaborate on that for our uh, <laughs> our American brethren? <laughs> Please? Sure. Uh, I am so pasty. <laughs> true 
true st true facts about your boy John. Oh, I wear sunscreen year round, including in the dead of winter. What? That's a real I, thing. That's a real thing. I have wow. to. I will. I will get sunburnt otherwise. Even like in January. Wow. I, if I'm in like a tropical region, mm -hmm. I can get sunburned in the shade. That is incredible. I'm learning so much right now. I'm so glad yeah. I asked that question. Holy shit. So, yes, I have definitely had heat stroke. Not often because, like, I know my vulnerabilities. So, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I don't expose this. And, like, I feel very bad for D in this mm -hmm. moment. But I'm going to say something that's uh, probably mean. Oh, how does an Australian get heat stroke? Like, how does she not know how to handle the sun? That's like a Canadian getting, like, hypothermia. Like, you should know better. Yeah. I mean, I think it was more so kind of how you started out this, right? Just yeah, emphasizing the fact that she's trying to keep up with Tori, right? And that's how she's, you know, she's focused on that way more than, you know, she's focused on pushing herself far more than she's worried about dealing with the heat or because they said she was just dehydrated, right? Like, didn't have enough water. Yeah. But... I just think her focus is so much more on trying to keep up, trying not to be the weak link that, mm -hmm. you know, like you, you, you lose your focus. Literally. And Ninja made the point that she thinks the game is getting to D so bad mm -hmm. that she's hurting herself mentally and physically. Uh, I have to say that has the ring of truth. Yeah. Because not only is D stressed out about winning the money and competing well and to your point not being the weakest link but she's also really worried like has ongoing concerns about her relationship with rogan mm -hmm. in that she i mean she's worried about how they're going to make it work long distance i think it's pretty obvious that she likes him more than he likes her yeah and on some level she knows that mm -hmm. i mean i think We've all been there where you like someone more than they like you and like not that they're leading you on, but they like that you're aware of that imbalance and it just makes you white knuckle more. You know what I yeah. mean? It makes you squeeze the fish too tight. Yeah. And there's also this there's also the side of this that's super weird, right? Like you're in this house with I wrote down cyborgs, right? You're in the house with all these yeah. different cyborgs that are in like peak physical condition and that's got to be super um intimidating right for anyone else to be in that house if you consider yourself to be in some type type of good shape but then you're in the house with all these people who are like physical specimens right like that's got to be emotionally tough to deal with as well as physically tough to deal with so it's a weird thing and i, I mean tori when they're talking about it after Tori said what she did 25 burpees after that long run. And that's like a really difficult thing to do after a long workout in the heat again. And, you know, here I am. I asked you if you've ever had heat stroke and I think I had heat stroke once in my life. And that was from like one, like 40 degree day at Carabana. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> Right. So, uh, I, I, also I, I can't compare. You know what I'm saying? Have you ever done burpees? Yes. Yeah. I hate burpees because I've been concussed so much. 
okay. that the jumping is really hard. Like it literally gives me a headache almost instantly if I do one burpee. Yeah. And like, oh, who knows what D's medical history is, but like, if you do have concussions, like, or a history of brain injuries, mm-hmm. brain trauma, that's not going to help things either. Like, it, it's burpees are, I mean, they're an effective exercise, but they're probably the worst exercise, all things considered. One thing that D mentioned in confessional is that she quit her job to be on this season. Yeah. So like that's an additional like factor of stress. Like if she loses, not that she's fucked, but like mm, it's it's, it's there's going to be some like income stresses, you know? Like she's going to like head back to I guess Australia jobless. Um yeah. not knowing about her situation with Rogan and you know, like the stakes are high for D. I think the stakes are high for a lot of people on the show, but you know, it's it's pretty bad. Yeah. I, I understand. And then we have to talk about so someone uh, goes and gets Rogan. I forget who Nani. I think yeah. went and got Rogan. Uh, what did you think of Rogan's reaction to this situation? First, I don't think Rogan knows what heat stroke is. Like, I didn't <laughs> think he understood. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, and I don't remember. That's a fair point. I don't remember if it was actually brought up as, hey, she has heat stroke or if they use another term. But clear, like, either way, it was very apparent what they said. And I don't think it registered in Rogan's brain what was what that meant <laughs> or what was yeah. going on. Um and yeah, it did seem kind of odd, right? Like, and I don't know, maybe it was just a weird edit. I don't know if it's just kind of to drop the little sprinkles in our head that, you know, he didn't come off as he like, genuinely cared. Like, it seemed like he had kind of a nonchalant response to it or not as maybe not nonchalant. Maybe that's a wrong term, but it didn't seem that he was as worried as maybe he should be. If you're seeing your significant other on the floor getting medical attention and being carried off in a stretcher to the hospital. Yes, he seemed much less concerned than Ninja did. Mm -hmm. And there was a moment where, like, the ambulance is pulling away and Ninja was standing both closer to the uh, ambulance and also like genuinely seemed more concerned you know what I mean like they had sort of a two shot yeah and it was the there's a big contrast between Rogan and Ninja's reactions and in in um, a confessional Jenny says that she thinks that this is a sign of weakness of D like how is D going to run a final if this is like if she's struggling with running around the pool at her own pace which is a very valid point I think it's a very valid point but also leads to the stress of it D knows that too that's why at one point Ninja mentions don't worry nobody else is around like don't don't even worry about that no one else is seeing this right now yeah, because people are great at keeping secrets in the challenge house. Like, that's definitely not something that everyone's going to talk about when you spend the night in the hospital. <laughs> yes, but you got to keep those electrolytes up, right? Isn't that, isn't that the lesson we got from, uh, um, what's my guy from Entourage? 
Vinny Chase's brother? I don't know. I oh, have never watched, watched Entourage. Entourage. You're not missing much, but yeah. there's one whole episode <laughs> where like he just starts crushing Gatorades because he's got to keep his electrolytes up. Anyways, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> well, Dee got her electrolytes up, and she's back in time for the competition. She did look a little worse for wear. Like, yeah. she definitely had, like, I will say, like, heat stroke is not a one-day event. Like, you feel it for a couple of days. Or at Correct. least I feel it for a couple of days. Yeah. Um, and, but she's there for the competition. TJ welcomes her back. Because, you yep. know, he's excited for her to not quit. And what uh, do you think a, of this com- this uh, competition being called Under Siege? Because for me, that just makes me think of the Steven Seagal movie. I mean, I hope that's what they were referencing. <laughs> no, I also have to say, on the challenge's Instagram page, I don't know if they fixed it, but they misspelled Siege. Oh, okay. And I, I actually, I because I'm a dick, I, I commented with a correction. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know if they actually listened to me. But they misspelled Siege. And you're also Siege professionally on... a writer. That's true. Like, but. I think that probably has more to do with it than you being a dick. Like, you're also professionally a writer. So that probably hits you a little differently. Uh, I guess so. It it did rub me the wrong way, and I couldn't couldn't leave it be. Um, (laughs) But this challenge, what do you think of this challenge, man? So basically, there's a huge-ass shipping container, and there's a puzzle on either side. But you have to get to... You have to basically switch sides, get the puzzle pieces, get back to your side, and complete the puzzle that's on the wall while this huge shipping container is moving and tipping side to side, and there's huge yoga balls in there, and you got to keep your balance, and you're split up between the guys and the girls, and you're in there at the same time. So there's not a lot of room for maneuvering, and to be honest, this looked really cool. What do you think of this challenge? I really liked it. I mean, the, the way the men looked when they exited, and we should say, it was done in two heats. Mm-hmm. Originally supposed to be two heats. A men's heat and a woman's heat. I thought the men's heat was exactly what the producers were hoping for in terms of uh, physicality, yeah. uh, people losing their tempers. Yep. People hitting each other, banging into each other. As Jordan says at one point, you know, you've got 200-pound guys that are sliding down because they slicked the floor, too. Yeah, of Uh, course. Just crashing into you. And, you know, I mean, this sort of is foreshadowing, but Turbo gets a little riled up because, you know, he almost breaks his legs, in his words. Yeah. And Joss later throws one of the yoga balls at him and hits him in the face. <laughs> but even if you're trying not to run into people, you're going to. Yeah, it was super, it was such a weird thing. What do you think of Turbo getting mad? Because I was kind of like, dude, seriously? You're, you're mad about that? Like, this is a game. And the whole point of the balls being there is to use them as a distraction for you to throw you off because they're trying to win. You know why? Because they've lost like 85 times in a row. So if they can get some kind of advantage by throwing this ball at you and slowing you down or distracting you, throwing you off your game, why shouldn't they do that? And why wouldn't you be able to understand that as a competitor? You're playing a game. Yep. 
I'm definitely not uh, on Team Turbo. I guess I guess that's part of my answer to my own question there. But yeah, it's just so so weird. Like, shut up, dude. Yeah, this does look fucking rough. And also, being in a shipping container in that heat would also be brutal. Yeah, right? they look like they got out of a sauna once they got out. No. Yeah, they did. And I don't I don't really know like what shortcuts there are to this aside from doing what they did, which is like slide back and forth when you can be close. Like at one point I wondered if it'd be worthwhile. You probably saw you obviously saw that they had high windows and I wondered if like it'd be worth one of the taller guys like grabbing on and holding on, but that would only save you a few seconds in terms yeah. of like getting back to the puzzle like it wouldn't i feel like at one point we saw zach do that no yeah i think think so so. but yeah overall it seemed to be difficult and this was a thing where overall strategy might have just been your best bet to communicate really well and delegate someone's actual job to being just putting the pieces on the board yeah and other people hey you guys go get the puzzle pieces and, you know, like delegated that way. And we didn't really see much of that. It kind of more seemed like a free for all. Although CT said that, uh, <laughs> what's his name? First off, he said Idris just looked lost. Didn't even know where yeah. Idris was. <laughs> and in <laughs> but, fairness, they showed, they showed footage of Idris standing in the middle of the shipping container <laughs> looking pretty out of it. It said that Theo was being like Vanna White. Just standing beside the wall and displaying the puzzle pieces, but not actually doing anything. I thought that was kind of funny, but the guys couldn't get it done on their first attempt. And when they come out, the girls go in for their turn. And I thought the guys, you know, I thought the girls would probably do a better job because they would have the benefit of speaking to the guys and having the guys tell them, hey, well, Maybe try this instead, or this worked for us, this didn't work. But that didn't really appear to happen. Like, I guess the guys tried, but obviously that didn't work either because the girls didn't do too well either. Yeah, it's it's funny. I mean, maybe we didn't hear all the conversations, but there were, like, guides to how to do the puzzles. Mm-hmm. And it took a while. It took the guys a while to like cotton on to the fact that there was like an answer key and i never heard the guy say oh by the way on the side of the wall there's an answer key like check that out because later on when the women are in there at one point i want to say it's tori says hey guys look at the answer key like like and it sounded like she was discovering it okay maybe i could be off base like we definitely didn't see all the like conversations when they were resetting the challenge. Yeah. But I definitely had the sense that not everything was communicated. And in fairness, it's hard to it's hard to like communicate how to solve a puzzle. Yeah. Or like True. give a strategy, especially when you can't see it, but And normally one of the tricks that people use to solve puzzles on this show is they'll build it on the ground and then put it up on the wall. But you couldn't do that in this case because obviously the ground kept moving and shifting. And so that made it extra difficult as well. But I did find it funny. The contrast is 
you, you alluded to earlier, but the guys and girls, like the girls were super polite. And there's a bunch of, oh, I'm so sorry. Sorry, I didn't mean to bump you. Sorry, did I <laughs> Like, I thought that was kind of funny as opposed to that was funny. the dudes just like sliding in and, and you know, elbow dropping people. <laughs> it appeared at certain points. But no, overall, the girls couldn't get it done either. So then it became sudden death which meant they put up half the puzzle on the wall. So the guys only had to, in their second attempt, only had to try to figure out half the puzzle or finish off half the puzzle. And at that point, obviously they were able to get it done. And the U.S. team just edges out the U.K. squad. It was close, very close. And that's got to be another devastating loss for the U.K. Because, you know, What's their losing streak at now? They're turning into the Washington Generals, no? Yeah, you know, the only time they've won is because Johnny Bananas and Laurel threw a competition. Yes. Like, they don't even have a moral victory where they're able to say, like, oh, yeah, well, at least we beat them that one time. Because they all know that the one time they won, it's because the Americans purposely lost. Which, again... I, you know, I was thinking about that as I watched this. What a bizarre left turn that was where Johnny Bananas and his little squad thought that the best move was to purposely lose. Yeah, I don't know. It was, it was an odd one. It was an odd one that makes me think about, you know, was it one of those things? Because now this is forever in my mind. Last season when they had the reunion show and... Zach was talking about how he could have been on the show for a couple weeks, but eventually knew that he wouldn't be able to stay for a long time. And so he basically threw the elimination to Wes. That will forever stick in my mind because I'm always going to think like when someone does something crazy early on, is that their motivation as well? Like, well, I'll come over for two weeks and that's about it. But I can't really commit more time. So I'm just going to try to cause as much chaos as I can while I'm there and then I'm out I don't know we'll never know strange we'll never know so so Theo actually nails it when describing the Brits Theo says we're not a team we're a joke that's the best (laughs) way to describe it (laughs) Um, Josh Josh has named the speaker for the Americans and he forms a tribunal with Ninja and Leroy a pretty solid group I think so they didn't show this, but I was wondering why they picked Josh. And I wondered if it was because it was a guy's elimination. And so they wanted to avoid even the thought of someone trying to put Josh in. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe because he like, would I flip I, out. <laughs> and I don't know, but Josh, would you say Josh is probably the weakest dude competitor on the U.S. team? Oh, yeah. Yeah, right? So, and maybe that was it. I I don't know. But that's just my assumption because I was just kind of like, oh, that's a weird one. Okay, Josh. And it was an eclectic mix, (laughs) dare I say, of the tribunal, right? Because Ninja and Leroy just seemed like an odd pairing with Josh. I don't know. Um, But Well, I also think that, I mean... I don't think Josh was necessarily the one that chose his tribunal members because it, there's definitely like a representative from each side of the house. <laughs> from each delegation, yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and like Leroy is 
pretty consistently neutral. Yeah, that's fair. That is fair. Um, <laughs> so where do you want to go after? You want to get into this Cam and Leroy thing, or do you want to save that? Yeah, or... yeah Cam and I Leroy. Do. Yeah, they're they're at it again, and we skipped over the earlier scene, but basically to catch you up, it's they haven't been talking, and slowly but surely, you know, it starts off with a hello, and then it it's getting back closer to old times. Right. And Cam and Leroy, I think we like both of those. Like we are fans of both of these people. Right. Like we both enjoy them on the show. Think they're really good characters. They're cool peoples. And so them together makes sense. Right. Like it's a cool thing. Like you'd root for that. And I thought that was really cool when CT kind of broke down their whole relationship before in terms of cam wanted to give more than leroy was willing to give early on and that was kind of their issue and if leroy would just give more then they would have been together and it would work and you know i thought that was really cool but i was also kind of this surprised to see how far it progressed that they showed us in this episode right because it went from zero to 100 in terms of just oh we don't talk to hey why are you talking to me again to Okay, now we're back, and now we're playing with fire again, as Cam said. <laughs> well, and they even kissed on camera. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I thought it was I funny. Mean, Cam says, "You know what it's like playing with fire. You play with fire, and you get, and you might get burned. So hopefully, this is a good kind of fire." And I was like, "Is there a good kind of fire to play with?" That's exactly what I wondered. Like, uh. <laughs> Cam, first of all, Cam. <laughs> like, I don't think you of... understand the, how that saying goes, right? <laughs> or yeah. what it means. <laughs> I don't think that means what you think it means, Cam. <laughs> and, like, I will say, I always, when, the, when these two first, like, started to hit it off, I really liked them together. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I liked how they went about their business at first. Because remember the first season where they met and were, like, hitting it off? Yeah, they kept it low key, and it was very like it seemed like a very genuine connection. I did not think it was a showman's because they did not play for the cameras. I don't think it's a showman's at all, but it's also like I'm hoping that they can figure their shit out, but I don't think they have. Like we haven't, no. we haven't seen any evidence that they've like. I mean, the fact that Cam's just like, well, I hope this time it's for real. Like that's probably not enough, Cam. And I no. loved CT just like doing a drive-by like <laughs> couples counseling. This drive-by like, doctor. Getting... Uh, what's my guy's name? Doctor Not Phil? Dr. Phil. Dr. Where's the Drew? other guy with the with Doctor Drew? Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um, but yeah, it's also it's also notable that it's coming from CT, who had the ultimate will they or won't they relationship with DM, right? Yep. Yep, so, like, point. CT can speak with authority on, like, hey, Leroy, get your shit together. Hey, Cam, <laughs> get your shit together. Because it took CT and DM quite a while to figure things out. And unfortunately, time had sort of run out on them. Yeah. Um, but it was, that was, I loved that moment of CT just being like, hey, here's your problems. <laughs> and, like, laid it out. And I like that neither of them disagreed. <laughs> very true very true uh moving on though we get to the uh tribunal 
or the yeah. nominations, I guess you could call it. And uh, this one goes a pretty straightforward. Like, it's pretty quick that everyone just picks Idris. <laughs> and Idris ends up going in. He doesn't really have much to say, but he's also kind of looks like he's just simmering mad. And yeah, I mean, at this point, we know that it's a numbers game, right? And oh, sorry, let me rephrase that because this week it kind of switched. Whereas for the past however many weeks, it's been the fact that it's a numbers game. And so, Theo, you're going in. And then this time around, it's like, no, we need to get rid of the weakest person. We're finally getting rid of the weakest person. Mm-hmm. And in goes Idris. He says he thinks he can take anyone. But this is where the strategy of this season really comes into play, right? Because you're figuring out Ninja wants Theo to go in. Josh wants Joss to go in. And Leroy, who's been playing the middle, he's going to have to expose himself and, and, and kind of show what side he's on. But it's all laid out at that point, which we'll get to in a bit. Yeah? Yeah. I, so, just, I, wanted, I want to circle back to the Idris thing. It's interesting to me. It's such a funny but obvious strategy that the British like tribunals where they like nominate their team member always go the same way where CT is like, well, we fucking lost again. Who wants to throw out a name? And it's always Rogan says a name first. And then going to say that basically yeah. repeats it. And it's funny to me that no one has thought on the British team to disrupt that. I guess Bear would from time to time. Yeah. But like that like one-two punch of two people saying, we're going to be voting this way, it just sets the tone so fast. And like totally. good strategy by Joss and Rogan, but I don't understand why. Like if you're Idris and you're going into that tribunal, you got to be looking around and being like, uh, maybe I should start the conversation, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Yes, no, totally, totally true. But yeah, I mean, Idris ends up, you're in, my dude, you're in. So that's that's their decision anyways. But we get back to the house, and I don't know if Theo realizes what's going on or that he's on the chopping block and he just doesn't care, or if, as he says in his confessional, he will take any chance he can to just dig at Polly because he enjoys it. But half the crew is chilling by the pool, and the other half is, like, doing shadow boxing, doing a shadow boxing workout. And Naturally. Of course, right? And Theo starts just trolling Polly. And I'll start defending Polly here by saying, Polly's just minding his own business working out, right? Like, he's not yeah. doing anything. So I'll defend Polly here in the beginning. But they start going at each other and and Theo's like talking trash, like saying that Polly's a fake tough guy. And then Polly comes over and he starts bringing up the fact he's saying, dude, like if I saw you in the street, I'd buckle those knees, (laughs) which is a funny thing to say. And to be honest, I started writing down, you know, who do I actually think would win in a fight between Polly and Theo? But then I realized I don't really care. (laughs) Right, <laughs> Like, I actually wrote that down, and I'm like, wait a second, like, I don't really care who would actually win in a fight between these dudes. So, because you also know that that would never happen, it's such a dumb situation, because if you were going to fight, you would just fight right now. That's why I don't really care, and also, it's just, you know where this is going. This is going to another hold-me-back type fight, right? Yep. So, 
let's just get on to those proceedings. That's that's my thought process here. So Theo brings up that Paulie's just all talk because he had a chance to go in against Kyle in an elimination last year and he backed down. Or sorry, uh, earmuffs kids. He says, you pussied out. Mm-hmm. Which is pretty true. Facts. 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 And he says, and Theo says, and that's the guy that fucked your girl. And you back down. Which is facts, right? Like, that's liar tell, as my boys will say, right? Liar tell. So, Paulie's response to this is, well, I took his girl, and let's be honest, where's your girl? I'll take her too. <laughs> Which I'm like, okay, that's a very... Uh, a, go ahead, go ahead. I'm going to pause you there, just because Polly did not take Kyle's girl. <laughs> Right, like, I mean, I mean, not to get all Ross and Rachel, but they were on a break, right? Like, cut the whole like lead up to that season was that Kyle had just like ghosted on Kara, yes, and was fucking other people in the house, yes, including Ashley, like among others, and Faith. Yes. So, like, it's not like. Polly wheeled in and like stole her from Kyle. No. Like she was right for the taking. And also, Polly, like meh, you probably blur lines too much when you're in relationships. Maybe you should <laughs> not do that. I also just think that this whole like I'll take your girl too is a very millennial like yeah. and I'm I'm using the and I'm not this is not me being old man. Ha 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 screaming at the cloud but i always reference this i remember having the conversation recently with my boys asking about like music and how if you listen to so much popular music and i'm talking like hip-hop and r&b so much of of it is about like taking another dude's girl and i don't really understand it like i no i've had a full-on conversation with my boys like when did like when was the moment in time where it changed that like your goal as a dude was to steal another guy's girl Right. Like, I mean, is it Trey songs? Mr. Steal your girl. Like, I don't even understand why that's like such a thing to brag about. I don't get it. Is that I and I assume it's generational because I feel like the music that I came up on didn't really brag about stealing other people's girl. You might brag about getting a lot of girls. We didn't brag yeah. about trying to take someone else's girl. And yeah, I don't know when that change in direction happened. So I assume that it's generational because, again, I don't recall hearing that music coming up, and I also don't recall that being a thing like amongst my friends or in high school or whatever. So I don't know. Maybe our listeners can help us out with that. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, and then we we gotta circle. Oh, back there's to a lot more that goes Theo. on here. Because so, I mean, I want to say that they're going chest to chest because you can't really <laughs> call it face-to-face between Theo and Polly. Well, hold on, hold on, though, hold on, though. Polly, I think, knows that he can't go chest-to-chest, and so that's why Theo's sitting down, and Polly comes over and he's bent over in his face because he knows, like, that's kind of the only time he's going to have that upper hand, right? Like, he's right in Theo's face, bending over while Theo's still seated, which is very important, right? (laughs) Because... Quickly, that dynamic changes, but before it does, 
they're already like rubbing noses with each other. I yeah. think there was like a, a chin exchange, like rubbing the together. Phrase, the phrase you're looking for is Eskimo kissing. Okay. Okay. Uh, um, I just, apropos of nothing, I have to point out, did you know that Charles Manson was five foot two? And whenever he walked into a room, he would stand on a chair so that he'd be the tallest person in the room. I just uh, have to throw that out there. I did not know that. <laughs> I did True. not know that. <laughs> that is a nice random fact by you, John. I did not know. Well, that I all. think I think it's a nice segue for this for that because I'm not gonna lie. When Polly like was like leaning over Theo to Eskimo kiss him, I'm like, hmm, interesting, interesting move here. <laughs> it's super choice. odd but then theo stands up and then we see you know the complete shift in dynamic yeah. to polly being like basically at theo's peck <laughs> yeah and it was so funny because security comes out and i'm thinking like these guys aren't really gonna fight this is so lame and you know polly basically kisses them right yeah, and george's full brad marchand Yes, and and George is just giggling, yelling, kiss again, kiss again. And Ashley has one of the best, you know, she had one of the best confessionals of this episode where she says, I don't think it's right for security to come out and break up true love. <laughs> Which, and then she says, what am I doing in a house with these people? I shouldn't have quit college. <laughs> back to back. Those, I'll say it right now. Those are my lines of the episode. I was dying laughing. And was Ashley was dying laughing. Like, she could barely get the words out. She was laughing so hard. It, it well was pretty deserved. good. Well deserved. Well deserved. Uh, another thing I'd like to point out, when this huge fight is going along for a long, long time, one thing I peeped in the background was your man's Josh cuddled up with Georgia. Yeah. Am I the only one that noticed her. that or no? I noticed that his hand is all up on her leg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's right There's, in there. And I don't know. And hey, <laughs> we're going to do a little reality TV deep dive here. So I'm not confirming or denying. I'm just saying it's a thing that happens on reality television where people will be sitting and cuddling and they'll have a blanket so that they're covering up excitement. I'll say. Oh, oh. I, I, and hey, I, I'm not confirming or denying because I don't know if that's the case in this situation. But I'm just saying I could see a scenario in which Josh might be very excited <laughs> that, you know, things, namely Georgia, might be turning in his direction. That's all I'll say. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I kind of hope not because I cannot stand josh yeah i mean he's he, he's a character he's definitely a character that um, is so much nicer than you than <laughs> how i feel <laughs> <laughs> well the other part of this is that tori and jordan are just sitting down and watching this whole thing go down not really getting involved but kind of just like okay paulie is really feeling himself right like they have a look at disgust but also just like Polly is really feeling himself right now. Like him and Kara are running this house and they don't like that fact, right? Like this is not conducive to their game, right? And Jordan, I found this weird because I don't really understand it, but Jordan goes to Zach 
and he's talking about how weird the whole setup is in the house right now. Paulie's running everything, and how do they flip it? And he proposes maybe he goes in against Idris, and then he then goes to the UK side and then teaches them how to win, but also gets them to get out Polly and Kara. Mm-hmm. What do you make of this plan? I like how Zach put it. That's pretty risky because, yeah, it fucking is. Like, <laughs> it's, it's like, so, first of all, Jordan's saying, like, somehow I have to convince people to put me in, like the American Tribunal to put me in. Mm-hmm. Then I have to beat Idris, which, like, I I know they described Idris as a layup, but, like, everyone has a puncher's chance. You know what I mean? Of course. Like, of course. You, you don't know how it's going to go. Then he somehow thinks he's going to, like, he's, like, the solution to the UK's problems. And then he can somehow get them all on the same page and winning. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, like, five ifs in a row. Like, I... That is a <laughs> There's a lot there, for sure. ...bad plan. I also have to point out, in the the transition scene from, like, the fight to Jordan approaching Zack with this idiotic plan, did they sample the theme song from the X-Men animated series? Because it sounded a lot like it. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> Listeners, and- <laughs> if you... If you have the time go back like it sure sounded it wasn't quite like i'm not saying it was the theme from the x-men animated series but like they definitely were like riffing on it you know it's like a jazz fusion version of the x-men animated series theme just saying so i feel like i definitely would have watched that show yeah you would have you, but off the t- you were no, a like- child once Hundred percent, I would have watched that show. But off the top of my head, I can't remember what the theme song would have been. I'd have to look oh, it up. Shopping. I'm sorry. I'm an old oh, man, John. A, I'm an old man. It's a, it's a banger. You'll like it. <laughs> I'll I'll check it out. I'll peep it after the game. I'll, I'll put it onto one of my uh, iTunes playlists or something. I'll, I'll check it out for sure. I'll check it out. It was my cell phone ring for a while. It's too intense though. <laughs> uh, amazing! Amazing. Uh, we get a UK, uh, Team US meeting, which nothing really comes out of it, right? Like, no. Nothing really happens. So we end up at the actual proving ground. I Wait, I do have to say just one thing about the American like discussion. First of all, I thought it was like a good play by Leroy because he was the one who insisted on this. And... Like, he's been consistent in his message to the Americans. Like, we all got to be on the same, so on the same page. So, like, I like him sort of uh, being consistent. Mm-hmm. And at one point, Leroy says that he thinks Idris can take out anyone on the British team. And Zach goes, like, fully Jim Halpert from the office and, like, looks at the camera and mugs. Yeah. It goes fully that or the uh, Chris Pratt on parks and rack like looking at the camera and being like what yeah anyway i thought that was hilarious zach had a good episode in his way yeah no it was a pretty funny moment for sure and you know the other part of this the other the other part of this them not being able to make a decision or what leroy is doing is leroy is delaying 
as much as possible him having to show his cards. That's really what yeah. he's doing, right? Like he knows what side he wants to be on or what side he should be on. But it, it, the longer that he tries to make this a group discussion, the longer it is that he doesn't have to say or pick a side in the house. And that's really what Leroy's trying to do here, right? Like, I don't think it's strategy. Like, don't get me wrong. There is part of it that he's trying to keep the team together. But I also mm-hmm. think that there's another huge part of this that's he's not wanting to have to pick a side. Um, but yeah, we get to the, the proving ground and the proving ground in the beginning anyways, turns into just a fight in which Josh is calling out Polly for controlling the vote. And as soon as Ninja says that she's picking Theo, Josh starts at it. Right. And he starts, you know, just trolling and, and Polly's just laughing, trying to calm it down. And the thing is, I feel like Polly and Kara know what they're doing. Like they're, they're almost at not fully. Almost at the Johnny Bananas level in terms of them like producing the show. And what I mean by that is them knowing what's going to be in, what's not going to be. Like, even if we went back to the Polly and Theo fight, right? There's a moment where Polly gets into Theo's face and it looks so comical. And you can see Kara in the bottom corner of the screen kind of look and she breaks and starts like laughing. Right. Like yeah. there's a smirk because it looks so ridiculous. And to me, that's like, OK, well, if she really thought there was going to be a fight, she'd probably be trying to break it up. But she knows that Polly's just trying to make good TV. So she's letting it slide. Right. Mm-hmm. And so think back even to remember uh, when they were at the restaurant the one time and she tried to run out as if she was crying. But then the camera caught her and then she like smirked into the camera. Right. Yep. So now fast forward to this moment here. And Josh is just going off, going off, and Polly and Kara are just there smirking. Just like, what are you talking about, Josh? We have no idea what you're talking about. But they know what Josh is talking about, right? Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, here's the thing. Josh is right, but also, like, Josh and Theo are both equally good choices to put in. Like, I understand that what's really going on is that... Kara and Polly are allied with Joss, so they're trying to protect him. Mm-hmm. But also, like from the American perspective, and like Josh is arguing that he is just trying to play for the American side. If you're just playing from the American side, then Josh and Theo, Joss and Theo, are equally good choices. But I disagree, though. Because remember, we were talking about how, because I thought about this for a while, right? Because I was like, wait a second. I'm like, is Josh, like, why is Josh so mad? And I couldn't figure it out. And also, you know, I had to, I had to stop and see if I was giving myself the benefit of the doubt or if I'm just like hating on Josh because he's very easy to hate on, right? Like, is he just making a spectacle because that's what Josh does? But when you really break it down and think about this, right? Josh is right. You should be trying to get out Rogan or Joss. And really, he wanted to throw in Rogan, which I don't know how that slid off to just being Joss. But really, that should be the move. Because if you think about it, you're cutting down, like you're breaking down the other team. But also, you want Idris to come back. Yep. Idris has a better chance of winning against Rogan than he does against Theo. 
Like, we know Theo is good at challenges. We know Theo doesn't crumble under pressure in eliminations because we've seen him in eliminations already. So the move should be, like, I agree with Josh. The move should have been Rogan. But barring that, it should have been Joss just because I think if all fails and you're choosing just Joss and Theo, you choose Joss because you're knocking down a number of an ally on the other team. Right, because you have the 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 team of the UK, but then you also have this other built-in block of the UK, which is the Joss and Rogan alliance. Right, you try to take out one of them as opposed to Theo. Theo's already like a wounded duck on that side, anyways. So I can't believe I'm saying this, and I couldn't believe it as I was typing it out. But I actually agree with Josh here, like. Josh and I guess Jordan as well, right? I agree with them. Hundo P. You're just following whatever Polly says and not even thinking it through in terms of how much it actually hurts your team. And not even that it doesn't hurt the team, but it's just solely benefiting Polly. Yeah. It is. Like I I totally see Josh's logic. I also just like I kind of think he has to suck it up. Yeah, but I mean, Josh Josh does very few things quietly. <laughs> That's fair. That's um, fair. Also, it was so it was so funny and immature in their argument as Josh and Polly were arguing. First of all, they just kept calling each other bitch. Like, you're a bitch. No, you're a bitch, which <laughs> goes to show their maturity level. Yep. But also, at one point, Polly goes, "Why don't you cry, you little big brother bitch?" Um, Polly, first of all, hmm. you're a very emotional person. And what, what show did you get your start on again? Hmm. And this is not the first time that Polly has, like, lorded it over Josh, that Josh is, like, from Big Brother and doesn't know what he's doing. Because, again, Polly, like, you have had one more season on Big Brother, on the challenge than on, than Josh. Like, like you don't really have a leg to stand on there. Yeah, it was super weird. Super weird, but also it's Polly. <laughs> right? The actual elimination was kind of uneventful, no? And I was expecting it to be closer. I actually thought Idris had a chance against Theo. Like, I thought Idris might win against Theo, to be honest. Um, but the actual challenge I thought was cool. You're on either side. You're on, like, the stair, these stairs, and you got to swing on a rope to break through a wall... And then once you break through the wall on the other side, there's a puzzle for you to put together. And the reason why I love these challenges is because the puzzle becomes the equalizer, right? Whoever's the biggest, baddest, strongest, you might be first one through the wall, but it doesn't matter because how quickly can you put together the puzzle? And Theo was bigger and stronger, so he got through the wall faster than Idris. And then he just put together the puzzle like way faster than Idris. Like it didn't even look close, but I felt bad at the same time. And tell me if you agree or not, but I felt bad for Idris because he had like 20 people yelling at him different things and what pieces to grab, which made no sense to me. And giving him bad advice too. Like they kept saying to him, like, get the L-shaped piece, but there was clearly two L-shaped pieces. Yeah. Yeah. And they were getting so frustrated with him. But also, they're so much further away. Like, you can't even get a good grasp of what the pieces are from as far away as the people are compared to how close Idris is. 
Do you know what I mean? Like, that part made no sense to me. Like, why are you listening to people who are way further away than you when you can see the actual size of, sizes of the pieces? I don't know. It seemed weird. Yeah. But Idris, quick work. He's gone. And Theo wins again. Theo stays on the UK team. Is that a mistake? I mean, I don't see what good it would go to what good it would be to go to the American team at this stage. I know last week we were talking about how he should be on the American team, but that was sort of contingent on him and Georgia going, uh. right? Because they're, they're in an alliance. And so if they both go, then it swings votes, right? Then so suddenly here's you're the thing though. with Josh and... Here's the thing, though. If he went last week and the U.S. team wins... So the UK team votes in who? Idris still, right? Yep. And then the US team, are they just going to throw, when they try to just then take out someone else on the UK team? Or would they automatically just say, well, we're throwing in Theo? Do you know what I mean? Like, I yeah. think the move might have, you got to test it out. Now, if I was him, I would have went to the other team and been like, hey, yeah. I joined your he- squad. Even if you had to lie and be like, hey, Paulie, I'm a number for you, either though you're, even though you're lying or you make it up or whatever, you say whatever you can just to avoid another elimination because all you did was just end up right back in the same place again. You know what? You, you've convinced me because part of Theo's problem right now is both the British and the Americans are putting him up for nomination. Mm-hmm. Right? Like if when the Brits lose they might nominate him. And even if they don't nominate him, then the Americans might nominate him. But if he switches to the American side, well, then at least the British can't nominate them when they inevitably lose again. <laughs> exactly. You yeah, improve no, your odds at me. least. You've improved yeah. your odds at least, right? And also, he could then be in an alliance with Josh. Like, There's more allies available to him on the American side. And maybe on the American side, you go to them and say, hey, I want to be the speaker. Yeah. Right. And then or, or even just in the tribunal, I want to know what it's like to sit on the other side and they make a joke about it and you avoid one week of elimination. <laughs> right. But anyways, the, did you have the same moment that I did where this elimination ended? And I was like, whoa, there's still a lot of time left. So I guess another fight's about to go down. <laughs> well, I had seen I'd seen a preview of this upcoming fight on Instagram. Okay. So I'm like, uh, we haven't seen this fight yet. <laughs> That's uh, going to come. Okay. I didn't see that part on Instagram, but it did go down and it starts off with Jordan making a silly joke about Kara. That's like a harmless, like whatever, but it's pretty standard issue locker room, like chirping. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Like that, that is something that like you and I have both played on sports teams that's sort of a standard issue. Like, it's a little annoying, but it's pretty standard issue. It starts with Jordan chirping Cam about her cardio or lack thereof. Yeah. And he then, like, applies the same joke to Kara. Basically, it's after the elimination. Some of the Americans are going to go work out. And Leroy is asking Cam if she wants to go work out. And she's like, mm, I'm thinking about it. And Jordan's like, well, you know, like you get just as much cardio thinking about doing it as you do actually doing it. 
and then he goes just ask Kara, which is like like I said, like that's pretty I know the president of the United States used the term locker room talk, but like that is actual locker room talk. Like that's just sort of how you shit talk your teammates. Like I didn't find it that offensive, although I can see why from Kara's perspective, it was probably the latest in a long line of like chirps, digs and carves. You know what I mean? Yeah, just on like the scale of chirps like that's a pretty low level chirp and Kara could have just like laughed it off and like yeah yeah good one Jordan shut up and let it be but instead she escalates it right and like turns it into this whole thing about why are you always poking at me Jordan blah 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 blah. which then you know just gets Jordan going and then now he's going back at her and it turns into this whole thing where um, Jordan starts talking about how you know you guys just worship turbo so much and Turbo won one challenge, or he won one elimination, or one final, sorry, and, you know, you guys think that he's untouchable, but really, you know, he won because I wasn't there, (laughs) which I thought was funny, but also Mm -hmm. Jordan starts talking about the fact that in the challenge they had earlier in that day, that Turbo was gassed out and said that he was tired, and we saw that video, we saw, like, there's facts there. And Turbo said he was done and he was tired and he he was and that's it. But Ashley runs to go tell Turbo. And then Turbo comes in and yeah, it explodes into this huge fight between Jordan and Turbo. And it's weird because Jordan is an instigator. Jordan definitely, you know falling in the lines of Jesus and Mero. Jordan definitely did not keep that same energy when Turbo was there. He didn't completely back down, but his energy was, wasn't was nearly as high, right, when he was talking to Turbo in person, as opposed to when Turbo wasn't there. Am, am I right there? Yeah. He started, he started like, moving the conversation sideways. Yeah. Because, like, as yeah, yeah, yeah. Turbo immediately said, like, why are you calling me the weakest man on our team? And instead, he goes, I didn't call you, like, the weakest man. Like, he starts, like, confusing it. And I think, honestly, manipulating Turbo and Turbo's less than, like, obviously English is not Turbo's first language. And I felt like Jordan was immediately getting into semantics and, like, confusing the issue. Yeah, because Turbo's like, just like isn't very fair. And the the other thing too, when English is not your sec, not your first language, you make everything very literal. Yeah, right. And so, Turbo, like the the difference in Turbo's mind between you're the weakest on the team and you're a weak player, right? Like although there is literally a difference between that, that doesn't register to Turbo, right? And Jordan's also not. Jordan's also not really full on explaining that either. But no. The end of the day, Turbo's super upset because he feels that Jordan again is disrespecting his honor, disrespecting him. I like the fact that Tori's getting really mad because she's like, Kara, like you guys are turning this into this huge thing and it's not that big of a deal and you guys are trying to pin Jordan against Turbo. What and this part I agree with. Because Jordan, not Jordan, Polly is not going at Jordan, right? Nope. They're not making it that. 
I mean, Polly at one point did try to say, oh, you're going, you're, you're jabbing my girl and that's a disrespect to me. But he doesn't have that same energy really either. But he's okay with Turbo having that same energy. And I thought that was a weird part of this whole thing because, you know, Kara blew this up into nothing. Turbo comes in and he's super mad. Despite the fact Nani tries to calm him down. And at this point, I'm on, I'm on... Jordan's side I thought about that for a second but at this point yeah. I'm on Jordan's side and then Jordan just keeps escalating it and being the dick that Jordan can be at times and that's when I'm like okay now I don't really know how much I'm on Jordan's side but if I had to pick throughout the whole thing if I have to pick I'm on team Jordan in this situation what about you I wouldn't say I'm on team Jordan but I also have a very hard time sympathizing with Turbo. Yeah. Because the things he gets upset about are just, in my mind, not worth getting upset about. And like, like the, the ultimate <laughs> example is the thing that we close on, which is they've sort of gone, they've sort of separated, but then they're like still jawing at each other with Turbo in the pool and Jordan sort of like poolside. And and this is like, I gather, like half an hour to an hour after the initial argument. And Jordan starts to copy Turbo's walk. Yeah. And Turbo fucking loses it, screaming, you cannot copy my walk, don't copy my walk. First of all, if you have a walk that's so distinctive that you know that like it can be imitated that effectively, like that's on you. <laughs> and also like you just like I know that a big part of this is cultural, but you just like you can't let that upset you. And like I know Turbo really wants the show to just be about competition, but that's like watch a season of the challenge before you go on it like that's not how people act people are going to find what upsets you and they're going to try to upset you like it's as much psychological as it is physical yeah so yeah. i wouldn't say that i'm team jordan i wouldn't say that i'm team polly but i'm not team turbo like i can't sign off on him being like homicidally angry because someone pretended to walk like him yeah i will say that's one of the most like honestly that was one of the most ridiculous things i've seen someone get that angry about in the challenge history like yeah. he's screaming and being held back by like three security guards and he's screaming you cannot copy my walk and I keep trying to remind myself that Turbo is all about honor. And once yeah. you disrespect him, that's what really sets him off. More than how you're actually disrespecting him, it matters more that you're disrespecting him. So I understand that on some level. But on the other side, that's completely ridiculous. Like, who cares? It's so dumb. Uh, the other part is, what do you make of Turbo's telling Jordan, hey... Me and you, let's just go in the elimination and we'll go against each other. What do you what do you think of that move by Turbo just calling out Jordan? And Jordan saying, actually, no, I'm not putting myself in elimination, even though we've actually seen Jordan do that before. <laughs> well, I think I think Jordan has learned from his mistakes. 
But I hope so. Again, this is this makes it hard for me to sympathize or like sign off on Turbo's behavior. How is it that you are so wound up about this that you will not just possibly sacrifice your game, but the American team's game? Like, are you there to win money or are you there to maintain your honor? Yeah, like you guys can have a race after the show. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? You can you have a mock have UFC a f- match after the show. Yeah, it's he is too caught up in his own sense of self and ego that like it, it's I don't know, it's so hard for me to get behind or sympathize with and I I haven't been on social media really since uh this episode aired, but like I know Turbo has his fans. And like I do respect Turbo. It's just that he's bringing real life values, his real life values to an arena where they don't apply. Yeah. Like for better or for worse, they don't apply. So nope, it's totally it's agree. it's just hard for me to and like I sort of excused it cuz like the first season okay, maybe he hasn't seen it, but he's now gone through a season, a full season of the challenge. Like he should he has like he should know better like there's a certain amount of naivete that he's bringing to i do want to give a a shout out to nani though who rightly sees what's going on and tries to explain it to turbo where she's like hey what's going on is ashley and kara stirred this up so that you and jordan like either way they win because one of you's going home yeah Yep. Right and and like you can't let them get you like this. And they did. Got him. They did. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. What was what was your line of the episode? Uh, my line of the episode was the Killa Cam and Leroy conversation when uh, CT's like after right after CT gives his like Doctor Phil speech. And he's like, you know what you guys need to do? And Leroy's like, is have sex. And he starts like mock having sex on the bed. And Cam says, oh, no, he's like, you guys need to have sex. And Leroy said, that's her fondest memory. And Cam's like, no, Leroy, that 10 seconds was not my fondest memory. And I was like, (laughs) oh, cheap joke, but funny joke. Well played. I really just chose it because I like their dynamic. I like that them like joking around with each other. Fair enough. And even like there's another part, I think it was in the in the second part where uh, Cam says to him, she's like, why are you being so nice to me all of a sudden right now? And he's like, because I'm horny. And she <laughs> hits him. She's like, shut up, Leroy. And and like, I think he's being serious, but yeah, I just like their dynamic. Um, I already said that my line of the episode was, I don't think it's right for security to break up true love. <laughs> uh, but there's a couple other ones Honorable mentions When Idris is down on the proving ground And they see it's a puzzle game CT says Idris is still trying to figure out How he's getting into elimination There's no way he can solve a puzzle <laughs> And Zach says When Turbo's freaking out about uh, Jordan copying his walk. Zach says, there's a look in Turbo's eyes I've only seen on the Discovery Channel. <laughs> Those are good. both honorable mention. Uh, who killed it for you this week? 
Do you know what? I'm going to pick Theo just because back-to-back eliminations, you know, I, I'm going to respect that. I'm going to respect the fact that you went into back-to-back eliminations and won. And what's that? His third elimination of the season? Yep, so, he's 3-0. I mean, you got to respect it. It's It's as simple as that. He doesn't have the numbers on his side, and this whole season's been about numbers. And his team isn't strong, which is why he's probably been in the elimination three times as well. And he's taken down all challengers. So I I got nothing but respect for Theo at this point. I can't really say that I'm a Theo fan. I can't really say that I'm a fan of how Theo handles his business within the house. Um, I can't say that I'm a fan of how, like, cocky he is. But at the end of the day, results matter. And like sports, which is a theme here that we have on this podcast like sports what matters the most is what you do in winning time and mm-hmm. hey in elimination time Theo won so Theo you killed it this week I th- I think I'm going to go once again back to back weeks with Ashley because I think she's playing the game really well and she continues to manipulate people. She continues to be on the winning side. No one's saying her name when it comes to eliminations. She somehow is allied with Polly and Kara and just just making it work. Uh, so yeah, shout out to Ashley. I think she's playing a great game and I love I love that Ashley is a different sort of competitor. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yep. A different she finds a different way to contribute to her team. Yes. yes. Uh, we do have a, a small piece of news. I didn't even forewarn you that I was going to bring this up. But do you remember Ammo from uh, Challenge Dirty 30? Uh, yes, yes. Ammo actually reached out to me okay. to let me know that they have begun the transitioning process they're taking hormones uh although they prefer the uh, phrase transformation rather than transition but also they have a music video out now called macy where uh hold on a second i'm actually just going to read it verbatim because ammo sent me a message and while i look that up i should say ammo when they were on the challenge, spelled their name A-M-M-O, but now it's A-M-O. They okay. changed the spelling because A-M-M-O was a biblical reference. So uh-huh. here's, what, here's what Ammo said to me. I made a music video for my most recent song, Macy. In it, I play a non-binary, polyamorous, pansexual Jesus who attends their first pride with their lovers. I grew up in an intensely Mormon home where I was told Jesus would love me, would not love me after I came out. I made this video to create a fantasy where Jesus not only loved queer people, but was one themselves. I am reaching out to my friends that are journalists and asking for help to share this video. So folks, listeners, if you want to check it out, as I said, the song is called Macy. It's an update from our friend Ammo, uh, who is a former challenge competitor. And uh, I wish them the best of luck in this new chapter of their lives. So I just wanted to spread that good word. Cool. Sounds good. 
where can people find you on social media? You can find me on Twitter at Shell Alexander and on Instagram at Sheldon Alexander. And again, shout out to all the people that follow and like the challenge and enjoy our uh, our interactions online on social media. Always fun going back and forth with our listeners for sure. And for the people that are new to the pod, don't forget to like and subscribe and rate us on iTunes and SoundCloud and YouTube and all that other fun stuff. And yeah, enjoy. Uh, the other thing is obviously it's basketball season. So a yes. lot of basketball tweets and content coming your way if you do follow me on social media. So enjoy. And if not, just know that, hey, the challenge stuff is still there, too. So we're all here for the good times. And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Hill. Likewise, I'm going to the Raptors practice this morning. So should you follow me on Twitter, they'll probably be rappers content from both of us um until because next we week, are the world champions we are the world championships the undefeated toronto raptors this season also <laughs> worth noting um until next week this was you killed it you killed it